It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More Multiple Birth Podcast back for another week with myself, Nix, and joining me as always, it's a pleasure from twinfo.com.au. Naomi Dolan, hello. Hello, Nikki. How are you? Oh, my God. I'm so excited to talk to you this week because, honestly, about three hours ago, I'm not going to lie, I think I sent you a text message that said, uh, I'm pretty much just over my children. (laughs) Oh, my God. And, you know, I think it's refreshing to be able to say that sometimes children are jerks. Oh, my God. I don't know. I honestly don't know what's happened to my kids, my beautiful boys that I was Trying to, I'm trying to raise gentlemen. That's my plan. That's what I would love to do. They have turned, yeah, no better word. They've turned into jerks, and it's just been an absolute nightmare. And you know what? In true multiple parent parental style, I had to reach out to my lifeline, which was you, and just say, I am not coping. And it happens. I mean, I, I can't count the number of messages. I mean, I'm, I'm twice the length of the journey in as you are because my guys are eight but Mm. I've done that so many times you're in a really difficult stage four-year-old twins boys everything of the above it's hard so yep I think I sympathize why I needed to reach out more than anything was just to say hey you know is this normal because I think you reach that point where you think and I'm just at this stage where everything is a battle. Like, you know, we can pull our toys out in, in, in 20 seconds. Putting them away is like the longest drawn-out thing. There's bodies flopping down on couches. Everything's too hard. It's too hot. I'm too tired. I can't, Mummy. I can't They're think so about dramatic. it. so dramatic. And my <laughs> God, my head is spinning and I'm trying everything. I'm trying the calm mum. I'm trying the slightly cranky mum. I'm trying. I'm pulling out the Santa Claus. I fake rang Santa today. You didn't. I did. I'm sorry. Oh. I was going to save it for later, but I have to get it right out there. I fake rang Santa today and cancelled Christmas. No. That's how far I was pushed. What are you What are you going to do? Are you going to follow through? Like, well, what did I, Santa say? I, I want to know what Santa said. <laughs> Santa, who happened to just be my phone, but luckily my kids aren't yet old enough to decrypt that I wasn't actually talking to anyone. Uh, I said to Santa that right now Harry and Hunter are being naughty, so we can't have presents for Christmas, but if they turn their attitudes around, I'll ring Santa back and put them back on the nice list. So I've left the door open, but I feel terrible. I know, right? I feel terrible. So I don't know. You lied about a hippo being a rhino that's lost its horn. I so, just, um, but this is where I reached. And, this, and then tonight oh. I sat there and thought, perhaps it's me. Perhaps I'm just not very good at this parenting thing. Nah, we've all been through there. I reckon I go through that at least, I was going to say once a week, but let's be honest, three or four times a week. I think, oh, man, I spend 50 grand having these kids and mm. I'm not – I. I I can't do it. What have I done? Oh, and then other times I think, oh, no, this is good. I, I, you know, I'm rocking this, this parenting thing. And then occasionally I even go, oh, wow, I'm rocking this twin gig. Not very often. But, 
it does happen very occasionally. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard. It, it is, is hard. so hard. It's having the developmental needs of two or three or even four. Bless your cotton socks if you've got four. Yeah. Um, at the same time. Yeah, and do you know what? I just reached a point today where I was like, um, we've come off a whole bunch of NDIS training thing, like uh, or mm. OT things at the moment, and one of the biggest things that they kept drilling into me, and it has made me as a mum feel crap about myself. I feel shit right now because I know I'm not always as patient as I should be and as I need to be. But I had one of those nights tonight where the boys were just pushing every single button and I yeah. found it so hard. I, I tried my absolute best, but, geez, sometimes it's hard to keep you cool and it's so hard to stay positive, upbeat and turn. I mean, one of the big things that was told to us, the OT, never say the word no. I mean, when, when you are negotiating without with like the slightest bit of mashed potato or whatever it is after you've already had a day of battles, how do you stay cool, calm and collected? How do you do it? It's and so you know hard. what? Like, and now your, your, your boys are four and, I mean, this is an awful stage. Three, you know, three and four is really tough, no matter what people say. Imagine like first time mums, as you and I both were, mm. you look back at those times, back in those deep, dark moments of, you know, the six to 12 week phase where the oxytocin has worn off, that mm. love drug has gone and you're like, holy hell, what has happened? Mm. Mm. And then all of a sudden it gets better. And then it gets worse. Yeah. And then it gets better. And then it gets really worse. Yeah. It is and just. It's just, it's a roller coaster. Mm. It's really, really difficult. So, hats off to every multiple birth parent out mm. there who's doing it tough at the moment because we get it. We understand. Yeah. We've been there. We're doing it. You know, or we're going to get there. Um, <laughs> don't tell us about that bit because we're still trying to just get through the moment. But we've all been there and it is hard. Yeah. And I think the hardest mm. thing is that you do, you sit there, if, if, if you've wanted your kids for a long time or if it's unexpected or whatever it is, you, you have a plan of how you want to parent your children. And if that's not going to plan, it's, it's very hard to negotiate those um, dual personalities or triple personalities that are rising up against you at the same time developmental stages or within those same sort of phrase. I mean, I'm just going through a stage at the moment where I can only use the phrase outnumbered. Um, yeah. I am facing these battles where these two little humans get in their own opinionated bubble and they get themselves so caught up in what's going on. I Absolutely. am I am using all – like I'll go through three or four different tactics, soft, calm, cranky, loud, funny – all these different mum stages just to try and crack through this little vortex that these two end up in. And it's, it's, yeah. oh, it's, it's hard something you do. I you never off, imagined. And it's hard. You start off like being, okay, let's be reasonable, get down on their level, look at them in the eye, let's talk to them about it. And then by the end you're just like, okay, just give mummy some space. Just eat your bloody gun. dinner. Chug some wine in the bathroom. <laughs> exactly right. Just get in the bath. Yeah. I remember I've I've got a meme on Twinfo about this um, and it was I remember how raising my single 
hypothetical child was so much easier than raising my oh twins. Oh, my God, wasn't it? it was, <laughs> and we were going to go on trips together and we were smiling and we were laughing and we were cuddling and, oh, none and of that we exists. we were going to, you know, do everything. And Look, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry happens. for launching into this straight up, but I do need to say, because I'm sure I'm not the only mum out there, if you are just scraping by right now, I am with you. I am so, and I know, Naomi, you are too because you've been there and done that, but, geez. If you're going through, like I'm at this moment, I know you've been through it, um, but those moments where you do just sit there and go, I can't, I'm not good at this. I'm not good I, at this twin parenting thing. I, I saw a meme the other day that just made me lose it with, um, I, I guess, a sarcastic laugh. It was, there's nothing more fragile than an end of term four child. And I was like, yes, yeah, suck it up. I've got two of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're right it. at the pointy end of oh. end of term four and my children are not coping either. So yeah. completely different things to what you're going through. But, yeah, I'm totally feeling your pain. Oh, God, look, it is hard. Look, all the twin parents, multiple parents out there, you're doing a fantastic job. Uh, look, on a fun note, we're going to have a bit of a chat next about a fun topic. We are indeed, and we are now going to be talking about going on holidays because we are coming up to the festive season where many of you are going to be going off and about and doing your own thing, doing things with family, but you're actually going to be leaving your house for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preparing for it is half the battle. <laughs> Let's do it and we're going to talk you through that. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. Naomi, we're going to talk about holidays and getting underway for your holidays uh, because the festive season is almost upon us. It is. And the other thing that I have learned about you, Nikki, um, because obviously we hadn't met each other until recently, uh, we're both previous travellers in our pre-children footloose and fancy free days. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to hear how having children has either curbed or extended your passion for travel or whether you have just cut back to the bare necessities of, you know, visiting family and, and things like that. So I'm looking forward to hearing this. I dare say there's a fair bit to unpack and we'll probably come back further down the track. Um, but I will say when you, you note that, because I've spent a lot of my life travelling and my boys were obviously a surprise. They were an accidental pregnancy. And I suffered quite a bit of, oh, I guess, anxiety, stress, how my life was going to change because it wasn't something that I was prepared or was even in the headspace of sort of getting my head around. Um, so one of the first things I actually did in conjunction with my parents was organise an overseas holiday because I felt like if I didn't have an out – I'd feel like my life was going to be forever curtailed. Was this before you had the Yeah, this was before baby? I had the twins. So oh, before wow. I had the boys, no, no, so not bef- we didn't go travelling before I had the boys. I, I organised to go on a family holiday. Oh, with after, them. Yeah, so I started organising it before I delivered them. Oh, my gosh. And then the first time we went overseas, the boys were six months old. Not the first time we travelled with them. But that was the first time they went overseas. So that goes to show that I was in the headspace where I was adamant right from the word go that I wasn't going to let being a mother to twins or being part of a, a family now with twin boys hold us back. Yeah. And um, I'm just thinking, flipping back through, the, yeah, I was the same. So we did our first um, international trip when, when our twins were six months. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but, in hindsight now, sitting here and just what we've spoken about a couple of minutes ago, I feel would be a lot easier. I think I sit here now and we want to go back overseas next year and I think, oh, God, taking two four-year-olds on a holiday <laughs> And you can do it, Nikki. You can do the, it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things. I think you've got to, whether it's local, overseas, whatever it is, I feel like you've got to power through because I have to say, and I'm sure you'd be the same, um, every time we've done gone anywhere, whether it's down to see family, up to Queensland, which was the boys' first ever trip, or overseas, it's stressful, it's hard, but God damn it, it's good. It is, and um, with uh, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Really, you are just still parenting. It's just a different view out your window. So but, let's not think it's going to be, you know, the be-all and end-all and you're going to sit there and have cocktails and massages because you're not, but you'd like to think you are. Um, I had cocktails, not yeah, the massages, but cocktails. <laughs> yeah, you you may – it won't be couples massages. No. You may get – Single massages while you tag team in and out to look after the babies or, you know, that's fine. But, you know, you can still sneak in a few sneaky cocktails and I I don't know. Personally, I'd rather parent looking out over a blue ocean or over Mm -hmm. across a blue pool with a couple of palm trees and a cocktail in my hand than currently looking across my backyard in Brisbane. Absolutely. it's, It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be better. So what was the first trip that you went on? How old were the kids? Uh, they would have been fairly little. I can't remember exactly, but my parents are separated. So my mum lives down in northern New South Wales and my dad's up in Maraburra and I'm in Brisbane. So both are about three hours drive. So our first couple of trips definitely would have just been to family. And thank goodness we own a four-wheel drive Prado because the amount of stuff <laughs> we had to pack was ridiculous. I'm talking about the twin breastfeeding pillow, the the twin electric hospital pump, the yeah. <laughs> two porta cups, the you know, you name it. Uh-huh. And we had to take it with us. Um, then, so they would we would have done those. We also. We went camping before they were six months as well, which now when I look back at, um, do you know what? I don't even actually remember the trip, but I've got photos of it. And I was like, (laughs) oh, wow, they were really young. And I was looking back to something recently and I found a whole series of camping trips and I had completely forgotten the camping trip, but I remember the kookaburra taking a sausage off the barbecue (laughs) randomly because I don't even eat sausages. But um, yeah, anyway. Wow. Um, and then when – so our babies were born the 15th of June mm. and we went to Hong Kong for Christmas that year. Now, that sounds very exotic and everyone goes, oh, my gosh, but that's where Dave's parents live. Fair enough. So it was – we just – we Dave went home for Christmas, Yeah, basically. absolutely, yeah. Um, it just so happened that there was an eight-hour flight. Um, but our – my in-laws, my, I've, I've got the most beautiful in-laws, and they were fantastic. They had everything borrowed from various people that we needed, um, and they came and picked us up from the airport because normally we would catch the bus, uh, but they came and picked us up from the airport. They'd even found these car seats, which – and I know my mother-in-law listens to this in Hong Kong, but they were 
a really dodgy car seat. So sorry, Lucy. <laughs> um, but anyway, she picked us up from the airport, very proud of herself that she'd hired these two, oh, borrowed these two car seats. And you I looked at them like, oh my God, my, my kids are going in this. <laughs> sorry, Lucy. Um, I never told you that at the time because I'd only met you a couple of times before that. But, oh, um, but no, it was, yeah, it was such a good trip. And I've got some photos. So they had their first Christmas in Hong Kong. That is um, so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. What an experience. Really um, and do you know the best thing? I yeah. just have to interrupt you, sorry. I was so packing it about the flight. Yeah, that's and what I was about to ask, actually. How did you go on the flight? I must have had at least 15 people come up to me at the end and say, oh, my gosh, you did so good on that flight. Because I had newborn twins that I was breastfeeding one after the other. I had them in the carrier walking up and down aisles holding them, passing them across aisles, trying to get them to sleep um, from Dave to me. And he was doing the laps up and down. And I'm, we must have had at least 15 people throughout the flight and, um, say, you guys are rocking this, you know, well done and Amazing. congratulations and all of that kind of stuff. Because I've seen these cutesy little things on Facebook where people have handed out lollies and earplugs and little notes saying, hey, it's my first flight, sorry. Oh. But... Look, genuinely didn't have time for that, and um, yeah, the kids second, did really well. Let's be honest; they're human beings. They're allowed mm. to be transported. In, you know, you're not talking yeah. about a dog here that's yapping on someone's lap. You're talking about humans. I understand it's not ideal, but flights aren't that long. Like, you know what? No, and I mean, I, 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 I definitely, I had my boobs out the entire flight. I think every time someone started to even whimper, I was like, "Oh, quick, give them the boobs so they don't cry and wake everybody up." Um, but you know, you just, you do it and you get through it. And when we got there, it was fantastic. We had extra hands at the other end. So if you're traveling for Christmas and you're going somewhere where you've got a family, extended family or friends, whatever, you're going to have extra hands and that you're not going to be outnumbered all of the stuff. That's such good advice. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, it's probably going to be easier for you because you'll have that extra help. Yeah. And, and they want to hold the babies. Mm, yeah. And you know what? You're not going to ruin the babies, sleep patterns, their, whatever, in a week of just being away on a holiday. You just, you need to do it. Mm. It's not going to be easy, but you'll, you'll get through it. And when you get back, you'll either go, I did it. And you'll just feel a sense of pride in doing it. Or you will feel a little bit relaxed because you've had those extra hands and things like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So good. What about you, Nikki? Tell us about your first time away with the babies. How much stuff did you pack? Oh, my gosh. So the very first trip that we actually went on um, was just after – I'm trying to remember. When is their first uh, vaccination? Is it – vaccination sounds like a dog immunization for kids, isn't it? Six weeks. Six weeks. So it was six weeks and three days. Um, the first time oh, wow. that we went away with the boys and uh, Chris, my other half, who works in the hardware industry, has an annual conference and we were going to the Gold Coast for the conference. So um, accommodation-wise, everything was all sorted. Like we were staying in an apartment. I knew everything was going to be fine, but we decided to drive up and we were going to break the drive, staying, I think, in Coffs Harbour on the way up and then Port Macquarie on the way back or something along those lines. Oh, and, I love that area. Yeah, so beautiful. And do you know what? It was so such a great 
road trip of an adventure. Like we have the most, same thing as you, like I, I don't remember all of it, but sometimes I look back through the photos, we have the most crazy cool pictures of like the kids with the, the giant prawn and, and like out the yeah. front of, I don't know, some, you know, the giant banana because we stopped there and they're absolutely tiny, like these scrappy little, you know, dehydrated kids because my kids were tiny when they were born. But there's such cool photos to look back on and memories. Um, But you're right, the amount of stuff that I packed and I was going just across the border (laughs) to the Gold Coast, come on. But prams, I took swings because we had those um, and I swore by them. Oh, my God. And when anybody says, yes, and when anybody Ah. says to me, what's the one thing that got you through being a twin parent? I know we'll touch on this later when we finally get past our birthing stories, but um, those those swings, those battery-powered swings where you could put one down and they could rock while you were dealing with the others were my lifesaver. Um, so we, I took them all the way to, to the Gold Coast. I was not leaving them behind. No way. <laughs> How funny is that? But the- I'm trying to think what was my one thing. I think mine would be my breastfeeding pillow and my um, I took my pillow electric pump. Yeah, I took yeah. my pillow because I was still breastfeeding the boys at that stage. And I do yeah. vividly remember, and this is a hilarious story, um, we were driving, it would have been somewhere between Coffs Harbour and the Gold Coast. And the boys were hungry. They needed feeding. They actually travelled really well at that age because they just slept in the car. I mean, they were in capsules and they were fine. And um, But I remember it was feeding time and we pulled over at like this rest stop and it was just like a trucker's rest stop, you know, not one with had like a McDonald's or anything, just one of those bush ones. And I remember setting myself up in my car. We had a Captiva at the time with the breastfeeding pillow. I'm sitting in the front passenger seat, breastfeeding pillow, pushed up against the, the dashboard and the kids on either side. Oh, and one on either side. Boobs out, to- boobs out, door open, <laughs> trying to feed my kids at a rest stop. Oh, <laughs> trying to tandem breastfeed and breast up somewhere between Coffs Harbour and the Gold Coast. <laughs> Funny. Remember that being that moment where you just go, as a twin parent, no shame. Yeah. Hilarious. It was absolutely. A a, a similar thing. When when they were nine months old, this is going to sound like my children have this most entitled life. They went to Hong Kong when they were six months. They went to New Zealand when they were nine months old because we had a family wedding to go to. And Dave and I were like, right, well, if we're going, let's go. So the wedding was in Auckland, but we ended up flying into uh, Christchurch, it must have been, and hiring a camper van for two weeks beforehand. So we traveled around New Zealand in a camper van. (laughs) But we had to, we, the children were having, the babies were having, uh, at that stage, they were still having three naps a day. But so we couldn't stop. If they were asleep, we just had to drive past this beautiful place but we got to see all these amazing places because the kids started Mm. screaming and I just it was so easy I would literally jump into the back and feed them yeah so easy that's a really good tip actually if you wanted to go on a holiday it's a good way to do it the camper van I've got a whole blog about it which I haven't actually got up on the Twinfo blog page yet um which it was the best holiday for children because we could just go and I mean uh, this isn't what I was planning on talking about, but now we're talking about it. The table that goes in the back of the camper van, mm. um, which you slide in, you 
flick a leg up and you slide it into the wall. It fitted across the the stairwell absolutely perfectly. Oh, wow. There you go. Um, the other, so there were two tables. That was a little kitchen prep table. And then the, the six-seater proper dining table, it just slid in behind the back seats. And that's where it went to travel. But it stopped the kids climbing through into where the pedals were on the car and all of, you know, the, the footwells of the of the camper van. There you go. And where that table went, um, so our camper van had two bunk beds in it. We just used the doona covers. That was really, it was winter, it was cold. Oh, it was Easter. It was still cold in New Zealand. Okay. It wasn't cold, cold, but it, it was cold for us Brisbane people. Um, we just used the heavy wool doonas as a mattress for them and we just put them on the ground in between oh, um, the bench seats oh, yeah. and um, we slept on the double bed that was just, yeah, that was ab- oh. above them on the bunk bed because initially we were going to take a child each and sleep on the outside because there were two double bed bunks mm. uh, but we just put them on the floor and Dave and I could still sleep together in the same bed and I just slept on the edge so I could just jump down and breastfeed them through the night. I must admit, we've done that quite a few times, going to different hotels or staying even with family where we've ended up, dare I say, just with our kids on the floor. Um, oh, either totally. on Either on really thin mattresses or blankets or something. But, it, it, you know, they sleep and there's more room than if they were trying to sneak into bed, with, like if we tried to have them in the middle of the bed with us or whatever. Um, and it works quite well. Yeah, just they've slept on we so went- many floors. We went to Bali just before they turned two and we thought we'd do the whole thing. Oh, they'll travel free on our lap. Yeah, never do a nine-hour flight with two children in, in four seats. Did you have um, um, the uh, Sorry, two seats. No, no, no. They were two years old. So there were four of us in two seats. See, every time we travelled overseas under the two, we made sure that we always asked for the bulkhead seat with the bassinet, even though no. it was one bassinet because we found, and thank God we learnt this. I was going to come to this on our first um, trip overseas when we went to Hawaii. Thank God we learnt it because you could always have one baby in the bassinet and one on a lap. So you were still only sharing one baby and then rotating one in the bassinet and we would actually – on when we went to Hawaii, we split their sleep so that one would go down, one would feed, one would go down, one would feed just the whole way, 10 hours. Um, yeah. And that's how we got through. But we, we did make sure that we had the bassinet. I think we asked for a bassinet and three seats. Well, um, you, I was just about to say, you need to be very careful because you need to have an oxygen mask per person. Mm. So when we went to Bali, we were across the aisle from each other. Yeah, right. Because they need an oxygen mask. Mm. Mm. Um, So that was, you know, that's something that people really need to be be wary of. And, again, I just walked up and down that aisle breastfeeding and just – oh, actually, no, sorry. No, because that was when they were two. I'd stop breastfeed, just stop breastfeeding. Mm. So no, I just walked up and down the aisle, rocking them, I guess, to get them to sleep in the carrier or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we tried, we travelled to Hawaii. That was the first boy, the boys' first overseas trip, and they were just six months, and we almost didn't make it because of various colic issues and all sorts of stuff. And um, by this stage, the boys were weaned because I had uh, all sorts of troubles. Anyway. I did take, because I know this is a conversation that comes up a lot of times when people are traveling, I did take all the formula that I needed plus another Tim. Yeah, wow. I didn't want to be in a situation. So we traveled with two big bags within our weight limit 
And I yep. knew psychologically that I could then shop in Hawaii to bring back anything that I wanted because yeah. I'd get rid of the tins. But I like because both my boys were severe colic, so there was only certain formulas that would work for them that they could consume and keep down. So I had to take the formula that we needed and with the formula restrictions at the moment as well, which was yeah. when the boys were born, you, you're you not allowed to buy. You weren't allowed to buy more than two tins of formula. So Chris and I had to go to different shops over a period of a week or so and, and get, I think we took about six tins of formula for 10 days because we were absolutely paranoid about running out, not having enough stuff, all that sort of stuff. Um, but the biggest tip that I had is we got on a flight, so we tried to – stagger our flights to work sort of around times that we thought might work for the boys but when we got on the flight we thought this will be great it'll be dinner time they'll have a feed and then they'll go to sleep but because the boys were on formula we had to ask for the bottles to be warmed up warmed up and of course for any you know start of a flight there's so much that the cabin crew have to get through um they took almost two hours to get back oh, to us with no. warming the boys' bottles up. So it was an absolute nightmare. The boys were losing their shit like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> we were so wow. embarrassed. But same as you, like the, the boys were very restless that whole flight over. It was just a bit of a nightmare. But there was so – not a single person came up to us on that flight and had a go at us or rolled their eyes yeah. or anything. But the number of people who came up to us and said, aren't they beautiful? Good yeah, on you nice. guys for doing something. Can we help? You know, just the support. Because you do always hear these negative stories about people like being attacked for having their kids on the plane and yeah. it puts people off. There was Same as you, there was nothing but – solidarity and support for us on that aircraft of and good how on nice. you guys. And it was so lovely. Like there were all these people like, yeah. if you want to rest, we'll take them. And like lovely old, I think that was like a, a group of elderly women that were all going on a trip to Hawaii and they were all so doting and just wanting to mm. help. So even though it was a complete disaster, it ended up, you know, not m- being as much of a disaster as it could have been because everybody was so lovely. And we learned our lesson and on the way back – we actually warmed up the boys' bottles at the airport while we were waiting for our flight to go, gave ah. them a feed literally as we were getting on the plane and we we got in this system, like I was saying before, where we either had one of them sleeping or feeding or, you know, watching cartoons or whatever just in a rotation and they were brilliant the whole way back. Yeah, and it nice. just Like once we got in that rhythm of that flight and to be honest, we didn't care what happened on either side because we knew when we got to Hawaii – we were just going to be in the hotel room chilling or by the pool or whatever. Yeah. It was a very low-key holiday. Um, mm. I must say, though, because uh, we had the boys still in naps and we would go back to the hotel room to give them naps because they were very bad sleepers. So we tried to stick to a bit of routine. And both Chris and I knew more about the U.S. election that year. This was the same year that Trump oh, was funny. running for election up against oh, Hillary really? Clinton. We watched every <laughs> single goddamn debate for the presidential primary. <laughs> And we knew more because we would get back to our hotel room at like yeah. 12 o'clock and from 12 to 2 there'd be some presidential debate and we'd sit there and we're like, we're in Hawaii and we're watching the bloody CNN or whatever it was. It was hilarious. That's hilarious. That's uh, great. But, yeah, and then other than that, the only other thing I would say is we had um, 
we are baby Bjorns and that's what we took everywhere. Yeah. We would just shove the boys in the baby Bjorns and we walked everywhere. It was awesome. We were the same. Our ergos were the absolute lifesaver for travelling and you just chuck them on and off you go. And yeah. they could sleep in them. And I kept my ergos even unto the – when we were four, we had to go to the UK for Dave's brother's wedding and I, I – I still use the ergo then just to get them to sleep on the plane because they were too heavy. I had a sore back. My back is completely ruined from having twins. Me too. And I I couldn't hold them long enough, but I managed to extend the straps on the um, ergo and I could still put them into that and I could, you know, hold them in my arms, but the ergo was taking the weight. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, yeah. Do you know what? I reckon this is a conversation we need to continue at another time because there's so much I still want to talk about travel. But um, we'll come back to there it. Is, cause do you know what I haven't told you about? I haven't told you about my spreadsheet. So I'm happy oh. to share my spreadsheet with you next week because I am – I'm terrible at Excel, but I am the queen of spreadsheets. Oh, my God. I've known you long enough now to just, like, I've literally got my hand in my face just going, of course you have a spreadsheet. Of course. Here's a, you're going to be mortified when you find out I just chuck everything in and hope for the best. <laughs> I am going to be mortified because I have a spreadsheet and you need to highlight it in a different colour when you've packed it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. You know what? We're going to come back to this. There's way too much more to talk about. We want to hear about you guys. Guys, though, uh, first holidays, hit us up on Facebook. Uh, Talking Twins and More, a multiple bird podcast. We'll come back to it next week. It's been a blast, Naomi. Talk to you soon. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.